The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Mark writes, And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once, his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear Saints, the setting of today's text is in Capernaum. A significant settlement in the ancient times of about 1,500 people. Capernaum was a thriving fishing village on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. It's the hometown of the apostles Peter, James, Andrew, and John, themselves all fishermen, who Jesus called to follow him as his disciples. Importantly, today's text is set on a Saturday, the day of the Sabbath, the day in the week that God had commanded Israel to rest by coming into his presence to receive his divine favor. And Mark tells us that as soon as the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching them. The picture that we have is of utter silence, of being able to hear a pin drop because all mouths are closed, closed. Every eye is fixed on Jesus. Every ear is straining towards his words. All are amazed at Jesus' teaching because he teaches as one having authority, not like the scribes, Mark tells us. Now, what does this mean? They were amazed at his teaching for he was teaching them as one having authority, not as the scribes. And this is an important question, especially as the subject of authority is clearly a key one in today's text. They were amazed at Jesus's teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority, not as the scribes. The scribes, well, they were like theologians of 
the day. They were part of the Sanhedrin, which was the ruling council of Israel. These guys had authority, but, but not like the authority like Jesus. Speakers giving an address on what we know as the Old Testament scriptures would introduce their sermon with, thus says the Lord. When proclaiming a message that came from the prophets, or if they were giving an address on the first five books of the Bible, referred to as the Torah, a treasured article by Israel on the same level that we revere the Gospels. They would say, Moses says, but Jesus, he's, he's different. He doesn't appeal to another scriptural authority, but claims divine authority for himself. For example, in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, Jesus says, you have heard it said, but I tell you, he says, I say to you, many will come from the east and from the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham. In Matthew 8, verse 11, I say to all of you, in the future you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. In Matthew 26, verse 64, little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl whom had died stood up and she walked around. In Mark 5, verse 41, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. These are just some of the many occasions where Jesus says, I say to you. Jesus, he teaches as one having authority. And Mark says, not as the scribes. And this is seen clearly in the episode that takes place next. Evil, well, evil manifests in a man with an unclean spirit who shouts out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. (laughs) Imagine that. Jesus' audience is still silent. But now, for a different reason, they're stunned. Imagine their shock and their fear. Our first thought is, what a terrible disruption. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, on one hand, this is definitely a terrible disruption. Jesus is in the synagogue and preaching. The unclean spirit cries out and stops the address in its tracks. Yet on the other hand, God, well, God has allowed this to happen for his purposes. This unclean spirit is being used by God as his puppet. 
For unwittingly, there is in the synagogue the place for proclaiming divine truth. This unclean spirit has just proclaimed the true identity of Jesus. The demon has acknowledged that Jesus is truly human. He has a local origin. He comes from Nazareth. Yet this Jesus, who was fully human, is no one other than the Holy Son of God. Fully human, Jesus is the same, at the same time is truly divine. And there you have it right there. The demon has just proclaimed what the whole Old Testament has pointed to. This Jesus is God's own son. We might be reminded of the verse in James 2, 19. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. This unclean spirit, well, it'd be shuddering. It knows who Jesus is and what's about to happen. This is the perfect opportunity for Jesus to demonstrate that his authority is real. That what he says, well, it goes. Mark records for us that Jesus rebuked this unclean spirit saying, be silent and come out of him. And having convulsed the man, the unclean spirit cried out in a great voice and he came out of him. Now, we would expect a power struggle, but there wasn't one. There is no special spiritual ritual needed. Jesus simply commands and the unclean spirit does what it's told. And so Mark records that all in attendance at the synagogue well, they were astonished. What, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He even commands the unclean spirits and they submit to him. Yes, this Jesus teaches with authority like none other. Now, there are some major parallels with this text that we have today and the creation account that happens in Genesis. In Genesis 1, we hear, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Genesis tells us that before God started creating, there is this dark, watery, unordered mass. Now, in Jewish thought, this symbolized chaos and evil. And other ancient mythologies, well, they have a similar watery mass that is personified as a type of chaos monster with which the gods do battle to eventually bring good order out of chaos. But in this Genesis creation account, there is no divine cosmic struggle in the beginning because God is almighty God who has all authority. 
God simply speaks good order into existence. God said, let there be light, and there was light. He separated the light from the darkness. Light shines into the darkness. Light exposes darkness and drives it away. God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. And it was so. God called this expanse sky. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let the dry dry ground appear. And it was so. We have a tendency to miss this rich theology behind this because we haven't grew up in this Jewish worldview or tradition. This opening of Genesis, well, it's profound. It is saying that God has all authority and control and everything obeys his command. God brings light into darkness and good order out of chaos. Mark shows Jesus as the son of God who has authority over creation. Both the man and the unclean spirit. He is the light of the world shining in the darkness of the life of the man with the unclean spirit that day there in the synagogue in Capernaum. God again brought light into darkness and good order into chaos simply by speaking. Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, a representative of the entire kingdom of darkness, the entire demonic realm of evil, opposed to every good that God has ever established, could do nothing but obey Jesus. Because what God says, well, it happens. The unclean spirit has an acute awareness that evil in the presence of Jesus, well, it's doomed. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Mark's whole purpose in today's text is not to focus on the man with the unclean spirit, but on Jesus, the one who has authority over evil to destroy its power and its stranglehold on all of humanity. Throughout his ministry on earth, Jesus showed his authority time and time again over Satan's evil empire by freeing those who were bound to the evil triad, to the evil kingdom of darkness. These miracles pointed ahead to where he once and for all won the victory over evil, where on the cross he made a mockery of the demonic realm and trampled over it. He descended into hell to preach to the spirits his victory. And in triumph, he rose again to conquer the wages of sin and bring life for this world. And that is why, though we live in the midst of evil and uncleanliness, 
They need not paralyze us with fear, for Jesus has authority over it to do away with it. And he has for the whole world. But today's text also shows us that not only does Jesus destroy the power of evil, but he has compassion on the victims of it. He uses his authority not for himself, but for the sake of others to bless and to serve. He is the one who rescues, who unbinds, who makes whole, who gives new hope. As he did for the man possessed with an unclean spirit, he freed him. From the dark bondage to which he was trapped, just as he had freed us from our bondage to the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. So even though evil seemingly rages around us, and even though we are at times all too aware of the uncleanliness of our own sins in the light of God's word, Do not despair, brothers and sisters, but remain faithful to our Lord and his authoritative teaching. For all those who do will stand on the final day, beholding the face of the Lamb of God, who has come to do away with our sin and triumph over evil for us. Dear saints, until that time, Jesus continues to defeat evil for us every day and every Sunday by forgiving our sins, by speaking his words of life to us, by purifying us with his body and his blood. Like he was in Capernaum synagogue, Jesus is truly present here preaching and teaching his authoritative word. What he says, it happens. He declares grace to us. He reads the readings to us. He proclaims his mighty promises to us. He leads us in prayer to his father with the prayer that he teaches his disciples to pray. He blesses us as we return to our homes. Every Sunday, he is present, reaching out in compassion and grace to take our uncleanliness and give us his righteousness and his holiness. (laughs) No evil can overcome that. Nothing can get in his way or stop him, not even a cross or a tomb. We have been freed by our loving Lord, the almighty God over heaven and earth and all that is seen and unseen, even in the demonic realm. We have been freed. For what? Well, to live in freedom, to serve God 
and one another with that freedom. We have been freed to ask the same question. The one that was asked in our text today. What do you want from us, Jesus of Nazareth? The difference, though, the difference is that we need to ask it not in fear and trembling or out of compulsion, but joyfully in response to the lavish love of God, sanctified by his justification. What do you want from us, Jesus of Nazareth? What uncleanliness would you have us hand over to you? What do you want us to give you so that the obstacles preventing us from showing your compassion and encouragement are removed? What priorities do you want us to recognize and to reorganize that we do not lose opportunities to rest with you and to reach out to our neighbors. What do you want from us, Jesus of Nazareth? Lead us to your word. Preach to us with authority so that what you says, say, comes to pass. Give us ears to hear you and to understand you, hands that will serve you, and feet that will follow you where you lead. Speak your creative power into our hearts so that we serve others with the same compassion that you showed to the man in Capernaum Synagogue. You are here too, Jesus. This Well, this is your church. Preach to us. Astonish us with your authority. Comfort us with your gospel. Bring assurance that your promises are to each and every one of us. Purify us with your most precious blood and work in us what is pleasing to you. What do you want from us, Jesus of Nazareth? For you are our Savior and the source for all life. You are the Holy One of God, and we belong to you. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your heart and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. At this time, will you please rise and join with me in the singing of hymn number 406.